We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house! This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater. Throw into the end zone. Touchdown! Samuel still on his feet. Inside the five. To the end zone. Touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded Welcome back to another episode of The Roar. I'm your host, Billy Marshall, and this evening, to help us preview the Week 8 opponent, the Atlanta Falcons, I'm joined by Matt from The Falcoholic. You can find him on Twitter, at FalcoholicMatt. Matt, how are you? Uh, I think I'm doing better than a lot of uh, Carolina Panthers fans, uh, so, you know, pretty well. Well, I mean, the good news is, you know, the the a lot of people in the Charlotte and the Carolina area, they don't really have like a, a local baseball team. So most of them, at least from my experience, are Braves fans. So I think we both have some sort of sporting uh, success that we can call, uh, you know, have some something to fall back on. Uh, obviously, knowing the history of Atlanta sports, you don't want to get too comfortable with where they are right now. Um but I mean, this Falcons team is so interesting to me just because like, I didn't really have much expectations for them. I joined a, I was on a Falcons podcast earlier this summer and I kind of predicted like nine, eight to nine wins for them, similar to Carolina. Uh, but after their first two games, like they've had a lot of kind of soft opponents. <laughs> I mean, to put it lightly and they they're winning actually close games now. Like I know, I know the Washington loss was kind of hard to stomach, but Hey, I mean, you come back and you beat the Dolphins, not a good team, but you beat them on last minute and you hold off the Jets uh, one score win and you did the same thing against the Giants. So is there something like kind of crazy going on here where the Falcons are actually like kind of turned the tide and are finally looking decent in close games? Well, you know, you did mention um, obviously the long history of Atlanta sports. So um I think if you ask any Atlanta fan anything, they'll, you know, they're going to qualify their answer. And I, you know, I feel like doing that too. Uh, they, they look, uh, 
especially compared to say week one, where they looked like a disaster. It looked like we were headed towards, uh, um, you know, Owen 17. They could have been the first team to do that. They just, just terrible against the Eagles. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they have been pretty good against some really bad teams, admittedly, but, um, you know, you, you are kind of seeing the, uh, you're, you're seeing the scheme kind of progressing more of these, um, plays being installed. You're getting some, you know, some, some good development out of the roster, especially, um, uh, especially a number of rookies. Uh, uh, obviously, Atlanta has zero cap space, so there, there really wasn't, uh, there really wasn't money to be adding, say, any big name free agents. They signed a bunch of uh, people. You kind of have to Google first, and now a lot of these players are turning turning into, um, you know, like valuable little playmakers and uh, and, and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, to kind of circle back on this, I, I I think that this team is at least flirting with averageness, which is really, really good for the Falcons the last couple of years who have been, you know, who wish they could have been average. Um, it's it's going to take a little while until I think they, you know, like, like you said, until they play some, some better teams, that's not going to happen this Sunday or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the things seem to be trending in a good direction, which is the first time I've seen that in quite a while. So there, there's my, there's my qualified answer of, uh, potentially maybe. Yeah. It's, it's weird because like, obviously winning is the ultimate goal, but like, I mean, their point differential is still like one of the worst in the league. And I think that's, I mean, I I think they'd actually, um, that Bucks game, the score flattered Tampa a little bit. I mean, those pick sixes kind of were just a, a little fluky. But even then, like the the way they're winning these games, I think is probably a testament to um, their offense, uh, especially because I don't really see much talent again defensively. I know you and I were joking uh, at one of the, I think it was during the Jets game where it was just like, where is this pass rush? Like the Jets have like they're missing their left tackle and they have a bunch of like rookies and not good players and they still couldn't generate anything. And I, I was watching the uh, the Dolphins game yesterday or this morning, actually. And I, I noticed the same thing. I mean, this is not a good like offensive line. It's the Dolphins. Like, I know Tua gets the ball out really quickly, but like, where's the pressure? And and that's kind of like where I want to start is like defensively. I know Dean Pease has like a long track record of um, you're just being able to create competent defenses. Uh, but what are you seeing from this unit that kind of gives you a little bit of optimism maybe is it still the linebacker play i know they got a lot of speed there with jones and the other guys um or are you seeing some of the similar issues that have plagued the team in the past such as a pass rush oh yeah the 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 pass rush has been a ongoing problem since um i mean quite honestly i think since they cut john abraham um i think a decade ago um Nearly. So, uh, you know, I, I think that your your analysis is spot on. There is not a lot of talent on this defense. It is just uh, it is just a barren wasteland of um, uh, a, a lot of very trash players. I will I, I will tell you that um, right off. If you uh, take Grady Jarrett out of the mix, uh, the entire defensive line, these are all backup quality players like the, these players would not be starting on, uh, I'd say, 80 plus percent of the um, defenses in the league. Uh, you know, same goes for the safeties. The safeties are bad. Um, there's there's not depth at uh, – there's not depth at quarterback. If, if you get rid of A.J. Terrell, this is, a, a, again, a lot of uh, just very replaceable um, bad football players. Um, 
but but that you know the the one the, the one thing I'll, I'll say is Dan P's he he obviously can't he's not going to be able to create an elite defense with, with with what they have but he has been reasonably good about um you know about about putting out a decent defense um on the field and uh you know I, I think where you might not have seen it as much in um say Miami because you do have Tua who's a little bit more mobile um, I think the I'm trying to think of our, our, our different weeks um, uh, of, of who else they played. Uh, I mean, if you're playing New York, either the New Yorks, I think both of those quarterbacks are are fairly mobile. One of the things that I'm kind of expecting on Sunday is to see a, uh, a heavy bit of blitzing. Uh, you know, um, Sam Darnold is just not uh, he he's not he's not a Tua. He's not he's not a runner. I think uh, I, I think we're going to see him get hit. Um, a, a decent bit, but it's probably going to be from the linebackers, maybe some sort of, uh, um, you know, blitz from a defensive back or something, because uh, they, they don't, they're, they're, there's no one on the edge who's going to be able to bring that home. Even Dante Fowler, who may, may be a backup or like, say, a, uh, you know, a pass rush specialist on another team. He was really our only, he was really our only pass rusher outside of Grady Jarrett. Um, and he's on injured reserve right now and, uh, you know, won't be playing on Sunday. So, um, so the pass rush is awful. It's, it, it's atrocious, but, uh, you know, with, with a quarterback like Sam Darnold, I, I, I think Dan Pease is going to, uh, you know, reach into his bag of tricks and, uh, you know, send a lot of, uh, send a lot of pressure at Darnold and, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to get sacked, but he, he's going to, I kind of expect him to get hit a good bit. Yeah, I mean, don't hold back in your criticism or your feelings for Sam Darnold. <laughs> well, this is this you seem is, like you're being a little too generous to him. Well, so uh, so this is funny because I, I I do so very much want to pile on Sam Darnold um, because it's so fun and it's so easy. But um, so it, it's a little interesting because this off season when I you know when, when I wasn't really sure like hey you know is Atlanta go going to go for quarterback at some point like they're going to need to bring in depth and I thought. I thought, you know what? They could trade for Sam Darnold for, say, like a mid-round pick. I was thinking something like a, a third round, and he could be like your backup. You would give him a year or two to kind of develop, and then at that point you figure out, like, all right, do you, do you want to go ahead and pay him? Do you want to not pay him? Um, something like that, you know, you know, a reasonable investment into a, uh, you know, potential franchise quarterback, but obviously, like, he, he wouldn't be starting. And then Carolina traded, what, a, a second and a fourth round pick for him, and then they exercised that – that uh that fifth year option on him and then it was just like boom he's he's a starter i was like like, you you better really 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 hope the problem was uh adam gase because uh you know (laughs) with with darnold uh so with with darnold you you at least you had a couple things that like you could look at and you could say like oh you know what there's a quarterback there but then you also had a number of other things where you would look at it you're like oh no that like this is very bottom of the league and you know I, i just wasn't really sure exactly um you know which one was the real darnold but th- this actually does remind me i know we'll, we'll probably touch on sam darnold um at some point but uh one of our alcoholic writers had looked at the pff grades for quarterbacks over the last four weeks number one quarterback over the last four weeks via pff is matt ryan which feels pretty awesome for an atlanta fan the worst quarterback the last four weeks sam darnold so it'll be a really interesting uh, matchup of, uh, you know, two, two different sides of that PFS score. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of some of the Darnold apologists that uh, 
Um, there's a few of them. Oh, are there? There really? There's a couple of them remaining. There were some. There were a lot more. Not necessarily apologies. <laughs> they just wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, regardless, he's going up against a, a, like you said, a pass rush that's not very good, and Carolina's offensive line, it's not very good. So, but their offensive line has played better in the past couple of weeks. Still not uh, average, but going from terrible to below average is an improvement. And I think they should have a decent game. I don't know how well they will stop uh, you know, some of their guys like Jarrett in particular, but I'm, I'm hoping that they play at a respectable level just so we can see just so the Darnold evaluation can get a little more crystal for some of the few apologists uh, who are out there. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you'll see that. Um, like, like I said, I, I do expect to see a good bit of blitzing, but it, Darnold's still going to have time. Um, the, the, this really is an atrocious defensive line. Um, I'm like, quite honestly, there, there, there's a great need, Jarrett, and I don't even know who I would um, say is say the, the the second best defensive lineman. I I, I don't even know. This is really. Um, uh, it's really kind of like a race to the bottom as of that point. So like he, he, he'll get his, uh, he'll get his time. Um, I, I, I think it probably, you know, I, I think it's most likely going to depend a little bit more on if he gets shook and start. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. This is a Darnold quote was the seeing ghost thing. Um, but you know, I, I, I would kind of expect peace to at least, uh, you know, to turn up the blitz early on and then, uh, okay, kind of see how he does with that. Cause you know, you, you have certain quarterbacks, uh, Matt Ryan being one of them. If you, uh, uh, if you start hitting them early, you don't even have to, uh, continue blitzing. They, you know, they're, they're just not going to play well the rest of the game. Um, and that's, that, that at least that, that's what my plan would be. If, uh, if, if I was scheming it up, Dan P is obviously being much smarter than myself. So, uh, so we'll see what happens on Sunday. I want to stick quickly before, um, we move to the other side of the ball is, What's up exactly with you said your safeties are terrible and you guys are playing a lot of rookies. Does that mean that your second rounder, Richard Grant is getting a lot of time? I liked him a lot coming out of UCF. I thought he was outstanding, especially at the senior bowl. Uh, Is he playing quite a bit or is he still kind of working himself into the rotation? Uh, So that's actually a good question. So he, um, so, so it wouldn't have been against Miami, but um, I think it would have been the Jets game was when he first finally started, but he was just filling in. Um, he was just filling in due to injury. So Richie Grant's been a little, a little frustrating as a fan because, because um, quite honestly, he's competing with a bunch of guys who are, you know, probably going to be working at UPS next year. And, you know, was unable to say secure that, uh, that, that starting job early on. Um, but I, I will say that Arthur Smith, the uh, the new head coach for the Falcons, he he has mentioned that it's been a focus. Um, I, I think Dan Pease has uh, echoed this as well. They've had a focus on not overwhelming their rookies. And, uh, you know, it, it's just something to kind of note because we do have the extended season now. It is, it is 17 games and a lot of these players have gone from, uh, you know, they've gone from their uh, they, they've gone from college, their junior, senior year. Then they go immediately into uh, draft preparation and training. Then they get to the combine. They're doing interviews. You get, uh, you know, you get drafted, rookie mini camp, training camp. Then you go get into preseason and then 17 games. And a lot of these guys get, um, you know, completely worn out uh, mentally and physically. So, um, you know, they, they have said that, 
they're, they're not going to, uh, they, they're, they're trying not to overwhelm them. And it's, it, it is a little frustrating from uh, this side to see, you know, that second round rookie uh, or early second round rookie as well. Um, not starting quite yet, but uh, like I said, he, he did get, uh, he, he did get one start uh, two weeks ago. He, he's been getting a, li- a little bit more, um, a little bit more playing time, uh, especially against Miami, but he's still, uh, he, he's still not starting as of the moment. Panthers fans, football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Panthers tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? Well, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Look, there's storylines all over the place for the Panthers this year at Bank of America Stadium. The defense playing lights out. Be there to see it all. Visit TickPick.com Roar today and use the promo code Roar to save $10 on your first order of Panthers tickets. That's TickPick.com Roar, promo code Roar. That makes sense. I, I get it too. I used to be really hard on Ron Rivera, especially. He used to take rookies very, very slowly. Um, but over time, I kind of understood. I know one year they had like a ton of injuries, so the rookies were forced in action early. And mm-hmm. I mean, they they had their struggles, but I, I get it. Uh, you know, I understand like the entire, especially for a guy like Grant, who uh, UCF did have a season last year. He did go to the Senior Bowl, and then he went straight to off-season training and all that. Mm-hmm. wherever it is california texas florida wherever they're training and then straight to the draft and rookie minicamp otas trust me i, I totally uh I, I get that perspective from coaches too let's move on now to arthur smith and his offense and i mean this is a unit that has looked like it's shown a bit of light recently and i know one of our good mutual friends uh uh, Charles McDonald was kind of making fun of Arthur Smith earlier in the year because they weren't using their ultra talented tight end prospect enough. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, I think it was a trip to the UK that sort of broke him out. And uh, he continued that last week in Atlanta too. And he, he looks exactly like the type of player you expect that you saw in college. And that's just like really encouraging, not only for himself, but for the Falcons too. And what type of like schematic? I mean, because right now what I'm seeing with Arthur Smith is similar to what I saw in Tennessee last year. Obviously, he doesn't have Derrick Henry, so he's not going to pound the rock um, necessarily like he probably did in Tennessee. But he's still uh, utilizing a lot of play action and opening up the middle of the field. Uh, but let's just focus on Pitts right now. Like, what type of kind of value? has he just brought to this offense and like, what are you seeing from him as far as just like his development goes? Who good question. I love talking about Kyle Pitts. Um, and if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said, maybe we drafted the wrong guy. Cause uh, early on, he was, he, he was not playing well, obviously tight end t- typically takes, uh, typically takes players of, you know, a, a longer time to kind of transition into the NFL. You have your blocking schemes. You've got your, uh, you, you've got your different routes, things like that. There's, a, there's kind of a lot more for them to learn. And uh, you know, the first few games, like he had a he had a couple of bad drops. He was, uh, you know, struggling just in um, uh, in single coverage. And you're kind of looking at him like. 
you know, if a fourth overall pick, you're kind of hoping he, he, he comes down with that football uh, in, um, and yeah, Charles McDonald was, uh, you know, was definitely right. I, I don't think that they were, I don't think that they had started off, um, you know, using Pitts to, um, you know, using him in the best way to use him. And uh, I, I think we've seen that. Uh, I think we've seen that more recently. I'm not sure whether or not if that's, uh, um, you know, they're kind of developing uh his plays and teaching him these new plays and and that's kind of what it is or if he's just getting more comfortable um with that or 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 what exactly happened but he is awesome and this is like i've I've watched julio jones obviously for the last decade and like that guy is a freak but i like kyle pitts has done some just phenomenal stuff um even if you're just watching the Miami game, um, you know, he, he was lined up one on one with Xavier um, uh, Howard. Howard. Yeah, yeah, with, with, with Howard. And he's he, he, like, this is this guy's a top five corner. Um, actually, I'm not sure exactly where he ranks this year, but he has been a top five, maybe even a top three corner. And it, it just it just looks so effortless. Like, it's uh, it, it's crazy. Like, he he's. <laughs> he's breaking through double coverage. He's pulling in, he's pulling in these footballs and like his, his arms are so freakishly long. Like, like the, these corners, like they don't even have a chance. Like if they're just on the wrong side of him, like he, he just reaches out like, uh, um, you know, like, like Calvin Johnson, he just has this crazy wingspan and he's just like effortlessly, effortlessly grabbing, uh, grabbing these catches just with, just with one hand. It's uh, it, it's absolutely insane. Like he really has broken out the last two weeks. Um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of like really interesting stats on how Kyle Pitts is being used. Because uh, I, th- I think early on he, he was used a little bit more like a, you know, typical tight end. You're going for some, uh, uh, you know, some short passes across the middle, something like that. But the last few weeks, the, he, he's just been lying. He's been lined up out of wide receiver and he's just had. Uh, he's just had a number of deep routes and he's, he's, he's faster than all these quarters. And then even the quarters that can keep, keep up, he's bigger than all these quarters. It, it, it's just such a, it's just so crazy to see this Mitch, this mismatch come on so early. Like I, I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm super happy to watch these Falcons to see Kyle Pitts play because he does not, he does not look, he does not like play like anybody else I've seen in the NFL. And I'm, I'm just hoping we keep seeing him, you know, keep seeing it move, keep seeing it kind of uh, um, improved on. But I, I can say I feel extremely lucky to move on from a Julio Jones directly to a Kyle Pitts type freak who can just uh, seemingly catch almost anything you can throw at him. So it's, uh, it's, it's been phenomenal to watch as an Atlanta fan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he just has everything you want out of like a pass catcher. And I'm not going to even call him a tight end because like, like you said, he was split out wide. I mean, certainly like there's some moments where he's kind of in line as a traditional tight end. And he's had some actually uh, some decent moments blocking too. I think it was against the Bucks and the Jets. I noticed he did a good job in like run blocking, creating some angles for Patterson or Davis. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I was a huge fan of him and I saw someone went on Twitter yesterday. I don't know how reliable it is. They said that the Jaguars had him as their number one player had a Trevor Lawrence, but because, you know, quarterback is uh, more important, they went with the smart uh, move there, but 
it, to me, it's kind of reminds. Let's go back to 2011, and it's funny because AJ Green and uh, Julio, like you said, and it's funny because the two teams who drafted receivers or pass catchers this year, Falcons and Bengals, look to have found their long-term like replacements for Julio and AJ uh, at you know the top ten of the draft. So it's kind of funny how you know deja vu it is in, in terms of like uh, just how the draft sort of repeats itself. No kidding. I, well, I, look, lucky for Bengals fans, they at least have a, uh, you know, a real quarterback to throw to uh, Jamar Chase. Oh, that's interesting. Is that like a shot at your quarterback? Oh, no, it was more of a shot at Andy Dalton. Like they, they had A.J. Green and they, they uh, you know, and I, I know that they, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs like they're like Green and Dalton's like first four or five years. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because they were. That's right. I, I actually forgot about that because they, they did have a they did have a pretty stout defense. Um, I, I guess just in retrospect, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, it's like they wasted AJ Green. Maybe maybe, maybe that was wrong. Yeah, no, I, they had a pretty good team, but they just uh, were kind of they were similar to like the 2008 to 2011 Falcons. You guys made the playoffs. You know, Matt Ryan's like first four or five years, and then finally in 2012, he made the championship game and. Uh, didn't really break out after that. And that, I think that's sort of the trajectory they, the Falcons, uh, or excuse me, the Bengals took as well. But uh, sticking with your signal call with, with the Falcons, and you, and you mentioned it, how has Matt Ryan like been able to adjust this offense? Because he's certainly like a different quarterback than Tannehill. Uh, with, and I think he's better, if, in my opinion. Um, he doesn't have like the arm strength like to just really zip the ball in there. Uh, like Tannehill does, but he he's much more of like a cerebral quarterback. He does like a, a lot of things really well. And again, arm strength is never going to be like his calling card, but it, it's just so rare to find a quarterback like him uh, where you can just forget about the arm strength and kind of you, you have like the ultimate trust that he knows what he's doing. And I'm, I'm curious to kind of get your opinion on like how, he's kind of transformed himself and been able to fit in this Arthur Smith offense. That is actually a interesting question because, um, well, so it, in the off season, um, you know, I, I was quite curious to see how this shakes out because uh, Ryan obviously didn't have a great uh, 2020 or um, I mean, I think even, uh, even 2019 really under dirt cutter, it was a, uh, you know, a lot of kind of uneven performances that, you know, we, we had seen with uh, Dirk Cutter's offense uh, for quite a while. But the, you know, one of the main reasons I really liked the Arthur Smith hire is that Smith runs a very similar offense to Kyle Shanahan. So obviously Arthur Smith came up under Matt LaFleur, who came up under Kyle Shanahan, and they're running, uh, you know, they're running similar schemes. Obviously, some things have uh, some things have changed. Some things they do, some things they don't do. Um, but Matt Ryan did win, um, you know, MVP in 2016. Don't really want to talk about the uh, the end of that Super Bowl that year. But you know, he did have a just phenomenal season with uh, in this scheme. Um, so you know, I, I was really I was really encouraged to see that. They did hire Arthur Smith, and the plan, you know, in theory, was at least to bring back this same scheme that, um, you know, Matt Ryan was so good in previously. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been great seeing it so far, not so much the first uh, 
um, two or so weeks, three or so weeks when no one, no one could block. Uh, I think they, they've kind of figured that out. But I mean, uh, like I said, if you, if, if you check uh, PFF's rate quarterback ratings for the last four weeks, Matt Ryan is uh, Matt Ryan is number one. And it, uh, you know, if, if you're watching, you really can see and kind of understand that because he, he looks like um, uh, he, he looks like he's just right back into it. Uh, you know, arm strength was never uh, arm strength was never super there. He's not he doesn't have that Jamarcus Russell uh, cannon sort of arm thing going on. But he's so good with uh, he, he's so good with so many little things that he does, whether or not it's, um, you know, how he moves in the pocket, um, who he's looking for. And I mean, you know, I, I would just say, like, you know, consider the uh, the the London game against the Jets that was without uh, that was without Calvin Ridley. That was without Russell Gage, his two starting um, wide receivers and those backups. Those are a bunch of uh, replacement level um no, they're a bunch of replacement level guys. Like, I think that that's really the nicest way you could even put that, but he, he was so good at, uh, he, he was so good at running that offense that it, it didn't even matter. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's good to see those wide receivers back, but you know, Matt Ryan just looks supremely comfortable um, back in there that, uh, you know, if, if you would have asked me week one, I would have said, I, I don't know, we, we might need to be looking for another, uh, quarterback in the offseason because it looks like this is not working and now um uh you know now we're almost halfway through the season and I'm like you know, he, could, he could play for another uh two three four five years maybe um in this especially if we keep the same scheme you've got uh you, you, you've got a, a lot of players he can develop with hopefully at some point they'll get out of cap hell and be able to uh to you know to sign some talented people but like he looks so good so comfortable in this offense um, but you know, f- fingers crossed, like, uh, like I- every Atlanta sports fans qualified answer, fingers crossed that as soon as we play a good team, that doesn't disappear. But right now it's awesome. Just looking at your schedule, you guys, after this week, it's at Saints, at Cowboys, and then you host the Patriots on Thursday night. So we'll see. How <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. There's that three week yeah. stretch will be very telling. Uh, but let's, uh, let's kind of finish this up here with, this very unique running back rotation. And I am so happy to see Cordero Patterson thriving. I was a huge fan of his coming out of the 2013 draft. I thought that this guy is just, he, he's just not only is he's just so explosive, but he has like the vision and just like the ability to find open areas of the field and just attack it. And he does so like by breaking tackles by, um, you know, consistently moving his feet. He's just like, he's, he's an athletic freak. For, to coin a better term and um you know the way they're kind of utilizing him as a traditional running back has been you know so great to see and i mean davis many panthers fans know him we know we're getting with mike davis he's a very strong and um slippery runner too he doesn't really lose many yards kind of bounces off contact well but i want to stick with patterson i mean is this arthur smith's like version of derrick henry Ooh, he might be. So um, I was, I'm, I'm glad you at least uh, had a little bit of background there on Cordell Patterson, because when we signed him, I said, what the hell are they doing with that $4 million? We, we, we don't have any cap space and they're signing this guy, like this wide receiver potentially is a, is a running back. Like it, it didn't make any sense. Like he, he'd been a, um, uh, at least in the NFL, he was a career wide receiver, maybe kind of a return specialist, uh, you know, special teams guy. 
And they, you know, they, they paid him a good amount of money. He's, uh, you know, on the wrong side of 30 and um, said he's he's going to be the running back. And it sounded like a terrible idea. And holy crap, was I wrong on that? He, he has taken to that running back spot so well. And, you know, you do mention Derrick Henry, obviously the Arthur Smith connection, but um, Cordell Patterson, he he's a large, large individual. He's six foot, six foot two, six foot three. He's a good 220. Um, I think probably a little, a little weightier than that. Um, he's a tough guy to he, he's he's definitely a tough guy to bring down. He, he's been uh, he, he's been the biggest surprise for me um, out of this whole team all year because you weren't expecting a lot. And then hit like boom, like he he had a three touchdown game and like he's just. Um, um, he, he's a little bit of a matchup nightmare. I think our defensive coordinator, Dan Pease, had said, you know, you, usually you, you have your defense kind of subbing in, subbing out players, depending on the personnel that's on the field. And with a guy like Patterson, you're not really sure, like, okay, is he going to be lighting up at uh, wide receiver? You need to put a corner in. Is he going to be going in, uh, um, you know, is he, is he going to be carrying the ball? Maybe, maybe that needs to be a linebacker or something like that. Um, you're not really sure. And he just has so much versatility. Um, and, you know, that size, uh, not not Derrick Henry size, but like he is a much bigger guy, um, you know, whether running the ball uh, or catching the ball out of the backfield, like he, he's able to really do, um, he's really able to do all that, he, he, even line up out wide. And uh, he's he, he's been he's been so good at it just as this like multi-purpose weapon that, um, you know, quite honestly, I, I don't think I've ever seen that transition from, um, any NFL player like switching positions, I, I believe at 30, and then having at least the start that he's had, it's uh, it, it's absolutely crazy. And I, I think, uh, you know, quite honestly, Cordell Patterson is probably the one reason defenses can't just, uh, you know, just bracket Kyle Pitts and, um, you know, <laughs> just uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, give up whatever the rest of the team can uh, um, give up because Patterson can uh, just just absolutely run through uh, run through a lot of players, and he he'll definitely make uh, he's definitely made a lot of teams pay for um, you know to pay for that. So it's uh, it, it's it, it's crazy to see, and I'm I'm, I'm super hopeful for uh, you know Cordell Patterson as well as the Falcons, of course, um, that he he's able to keep it up and just you know finish off with uh, just this. Absolutely spectacular season. No doubt. And I'm I'm certainly happy to see him thriving. Sucks that it's in Atlanta, but <laughs> hey, whatever works, I guess. Um, let me just get your kind of your full perspective on you know this organization and kind of like what direction they're going in. Because um, you know, from my uh, per, from obviously my perspective and from outsiders, there's just been a lot of confusion on uh, where the Falcons are going, a lot of mixed signals with uh, decision to move on from Julio. Um, they didn't draft a quarterback in the top five. Uh, they seem to be kind of running it back, but not running back. Um, but just as someone who covers the team uh, and follows them closely, like what's what, what exactly is like your interpretation of like the direction the organization is going? Obviously, new GM, new head coach, but uh, I just want to get your perspective here before we uh, sign off for the night. All right. So, um, let me uh, let me answer that with an example. So we we had spent all offseason wondering um, what moves Atlanta was going to make because really you had um, you had two aging veterans on these very expensive contracts, 
And if you get rid of them, you are then going to be going into rebuilding. Or if you keep them, you're, you know, you're, you're going to kind of roll the dice and um, uh, play it out, see if you can, um, you know, see if you can make it work. Those two players obviously being Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones. So you may, I mean, you can look at uh, Terry Fontenot, the new general manager. He came from, he came from the Saints and, uh, you know, he kind of specialized with helping to build a team around an old aging quarterback and, uh, you know, keep, keeping them competitive throughout that. And then uh, uh, unexpectedly, they traded Julio. Um, so you're kind of like half in, half out of, um, you know, re- rebuilding or, uh, you know, or, or are you retooling? Like, um, it, it, I, I, think that's why, I think that's why there's a lot of confusion because you could have made the, the, move for the, the move for the future and they didn't do that. But then also they traded away Julio, which, um, uh, you know, he's been pretty beat up uh, o- over in Tennessee. But at the same time, it's, it, it was just kind of like, a, well, all right, the, the, the Julio thing was not, not great. I understand that, uh, you know, if, if they say that their hand was kind of forced in it, um, so we was a lot of time wondering, okay, is this going to be say Ryan's last year? Like what, what's going on with this? Because, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned before, they do have, they do have the camp issues. They're going to have the camp issues this year. They're also going to have the next year. They're not going to be able to, um, they're not going to be able to sign a lot of people. Um, so, you know, either way they, they would have a, they would have a window in there where, um, you know, if they were to rebuild, it would still be say like 2023 before you're able to kind of um, really do that fuller rebuild. Um, so, you know, two, two, three weeks into the season, uh, it, it looked like they had completely botched the off season. It looked like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. It just looked like a, a big giant mess because the team was uh, the team was playing like trash. Um, the offensive line was a mess. The offense was, everything was a mess, but now that, uh, now that things seem to be kind of progressing, um, it, it looks like they, it, it looks like maybe they're retooling. I'm, I'm still quite honestly, not sure. Um, Ryan, like, like I said, looks, looks great in this offense. I mean, I, I can see a situation where they go ahead and, um, extend him, drop his cap number and, um, you know, kind of keep things going. Um, but I, but quite honestly, I, I don't really know exactly what the plan, the plan was. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that plan is uh, changing. I'm not really sure if it's in a, uh, wait and see scenario. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, as of right now, I think we're, we're all just kind of playing it by ear and, uh, seeing what this team does. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think if they, they go through another draft cycle, uh, or off season cycle, I should say, and. Uh, really, I just add more talent uh, defensively, especially again through the draft. Um, I think they should be at least competing for a wild card berth. I mean, they could be still this year, but who knows when the schedule kind of toughens up how they'll perform. But I mean, whenever you have a franchise quarterback, I think it just makes your life a lot easier. And I think that's what Ryan is showing these past uh, few weeks here. And uh, it's, I guess, it's encouraging for the rebuild. You don't have to kind of take a very uh, long look at it, but I, I certainly also find it, I found it ironic uh, that the guy who put you guys in this position, Thomas Dimitrov, was did an entire like media tour of podcasting uh, around the oh NFL. So it frustrating. Was, um, I was just actually, like, 
I mean, hey, I, I get it. I get it. Look, I mean, there's other there's been other GMs who have gotten fired who probably don't do that. But I think Dimitrov's kind of charisma and the way he seems friendly with the media uh, just made him a natural fit. But it, it was just ironic listening to him and talk, hearing him talk about team building. And then next thing I know, I'm seeing the Falcons in such a bad position financially. <laughs> Uh, my, my favorite part was uh, he, he was asked what he would do if he was still the general manager of the Falcons. Um, so, like, what would you do it for? And he said, I would draft Justin Fields, get rid of Matt Ryan, keep Julio Jones, and uh, kind of keep that going. Um, obviously, we're, we're way too early to know if that was the – if that would have been the wrong or right decision, but um, early signs show that that would have been a disaster. Julio Jones injured, uh, Justin Fields struggling quite mightily, and Kyle Pitts looking awesome. So um, glad he is the former GM and not the uh, current GM. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, Matt, is there anything you want to plug here before we sign off for the evening? Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, well, well I'm, I'm sure this is going out to a lot of Carolina Panthers fans, um, but uh, you can go over to the Falcoholic uh, for, uh, oh, well, we will have uh, five questions with uh, uh, someone from Cat Scratch, uh, Cat Scratch Reader uh, posted on Sunday. We'll have a lot of uh, good info if you're trying to uh, catch up on the Falcons and uh, find out what you need to know about uh, Sunday's opponent. Once again, you can find him on Twitter at Falcoholic Matt. He does a really good job, and he always has a pretty good sense of humor, too, with the Falcons. So um, he's not one of those crazy homers who's always looking to stir trouble. He, is, he has a pretty good perspective and uh, really appreciate his insights tonight. Thanks again, Matt. All right. Thank you, Billy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.